Welcome again, everyone. I will be taking the citation of our facilitator. And we have um, quite a lot to say about him. Who is um, Yusuf Adebayo Adebisi? He's a pharmacist, a global health advocate, and a boarding health systems researcher. He's a special interest in global public health and developmental issues affecting the global south and beyond. He's committed to advancing global health through research, innovation, and advocacy. IDBC is the director for research at Global Health Focus, an organization that seeks to build critical thinkers and leaders in global health. He is also the director for research and innovation at the African Young Leaders for Global Health, a student editor at the International Journal of Medical Students, and the research lead at Campaign for Safer Alternatives which is the first African writing tank that primarily focuses on reducing smoking-related harms and diseases. As an emerging global health leader, IDBC is interested in providing sustainable health policies with research. He has published over 50 journal articles in many high-impact journals, including The Lancet, Journal of Global Health, American Journal of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene, Conflicts and Health, and BMC Global Health Research and Policy, amongst others. He has also contributed chapters to um, books like the Global Health Casebook by the Global Health Institute of Wuhan University, and in a public health advocacy group, sorry, a public health advocacy book by the World Federation of Public Health Association. Pharmacist IDBC has won numerous awards to attend and present in many international conferences. His team won the 2018 Geneva's Innovative for um, Antimicrobial Resistant Global Competition organized by the WHO, John Hopkins University, Bloomberg School of Public Health, South Center Geneva, and the International Federation of Medical Students Association. In 2019, he emerged as one of the winners of the second edition of the Tobacco Harm Reduction Scholarships by Knowledge Action Change London. And that same year, he was nominated as Pharmacy Trainee of the Year in Nigeria. And in August 2020, he was awarded the Joint RSTMH and National Institutes of Health Research Grant conducts a study on public health responses and COVID-19 in 13 WHO prioritized African countries with a focus on risk communication, surveillance, and laboratory testing capacity. In February 2021, he also emerged the winner of Enhanced Harm Reduction Grant by Knowledge Action Change to advance the cause to reduce smoking-related diseases through research, innovation, and advocacy. We can only hope that we have done, done at least a little um, justice to his achievements. So we welcome um, pharmacist Yusuf Adebayo IDBC. Thank you, sir, for joining us today. One thing that is very important as a young researcher or as a researcher uh, is to understand that Regarding any topic you are trying to um, 
work on. Um, there are many things that you need to know about the topic, whether even that topic that you are trying to work on has been maybe someone has done it somewhere, or you uh want to replicate that same study that someone has done, which is not so good. So, as a young researcher or as a researcher, it's very important that you do a very good literature review. In fact, literature review can be published as a standalone article in a peer review journal. You can publish a review article, not necessarily that you are submitting as a part of its thesis or anything, but then just as a standalone article. So, if you really want to push forward science, uh, you need to you need, need to understand where you are coming from, what is known about that topic, what is unknown, and which angle uh, are you coming from. So all this can actually be, uh, you can get to know all these through a very good and comprehensive uh, literature review. So a researcher cannot perform significant research without first understanding the literature in the field. That's it. That's why um, you can't say you have made a discovery about something and you don't have any scientific justification to actually support it. You can't say, okay, your own principle just come from somewhere. You have to be able to build on knowledge. That's like the science. You have to be able to uh, look for papers or look for scientific evidence to support anything you are trying to, uh, you're working on. So a literature review will actually answer all these problems. So a literature review, most times you see literature review as part of chapters, maybe in final year projects and thesis. But then as a researcher, literature review is what we do most of the time. Even when you don't have anything to write, you just want to uh, be current about um, what's happening in your field. So literature reviews is something that is part of a researcher. For instance, you want to understand what's happening uh, regarding global surgery, maybe somewhere, maybe in a particular country, you want to understand um, how its system actually affects surgery, maybe let's say in, in, in Afghanistan. So what we do is to pick up an article and read it. What you are doing is just is what you call literature review. But then literature review goes beyond that at times when you want to uh, publish it or when you want to submit it maybe for thesis or, or part of promotion or award or something. So conducting um, a literature review is something that is very important. And before you start any work at all, any research project, you have to uh, conduct literature review, comprehensive literature review, so that you can understand three things. What is known about that topic? What is unknown regarding that topic? And where you as a researcher, you want to come in from? So um, to complete the literature review requires planning. You really need to plan. Uh, literature review, um, like, I, like I said earlier, you can publish literature review as a standalone um, article in a peer review journal, or you can decide that, okay, for this literature review, uh, you just want to do it just to improve your knowledge. But most of the time, uh, I will try to just explain the general concept behind literature review, because I can say literature review, maybe for something like systematic review, or I want to do a narrative review, or I want to do scoping review, or I want to do a review as part of a uh, 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 chapter. You may say a thesis, a PhD thesis, or master thesis, or an undergraduate thesis. But what I'll be doing now is just to give us a comprehensive overview of what a literature review uh, is all about. So for you to do a literature review, you need to plan. Planning is very important. Planning in the sense that, okay, you have to prepare your mind on, okay, what do you really want to do? Even through literature review, at times for me, 
when I do literature review, when I try to read literature generally, I come up with concepts, I come up with new research ideas. And that's what literature reviews should be. So when you are doing literature review, you should be able to come up with new, new idea, new concept on what. So you have to plan on that thing that you want to do a literature review on. So if a literature review or if an article is published as a review article, when I pick up that kind of paper, I should be able to understand what has been done in that topic. Especially for most researchers, if I want to have a broad overview or I want to have understanding regarding malnutrition in Africa, I want to know about malnutrition in Africa. I want to understand what malnutrition is in Africa. Or let me, let me just say um, in, uh, in, in Nigeria, I will look for a review article to read. So that's what should be at the back of your mind as a researcher that once you are doing a literature review, someone should be able to pick up your paper and understand how far the knowledge has gone in that field. So if you pick up um, a review article, you should be able to understand what is known regarding that topic. So when you're writing your own review too, you have to make it that comprehensive. So if anybody picks up your review article to read, that person will understand, okay, this is how far knowledge has gone in this field. That's why most of the time, review is really time-bound. So if you read the review articles in journal, you will see that some people will say, okay, the review papers between July 2021 to uh, 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 July, uh, July uh, let's say um, July 2020 to July 2021, something like that. Some people will give you that time frame of uh, when they connect their review. Because review can get old. But then anytime you pick up a review article, you should be able to understand how far knowledge has gone in that field. So when you are doing a literature review, you should make sure that your literature review is clear and anybody that picks up that kind of uh, what you have done should be able to understand how far knowledge has gone in that field. So time, bloody time. You have to actually um, set up time, like set up that time that you want to use for your review article. Most of the time, you want to do a very good review. It can take a few months, like two months, three months. Uh, recently, I just collected a review article on um, uh, on the risk communication and community um, risk communication and community engagement strategy for COVID nineteen. So that review actually took me like about uh, I think uh, four months, like three months, like the whole time that takes me to actually conduct that because I want to do a comprehensive review. So anyone that picks up the article will be able to understand how far knowledge has gone and what is known about that topic. So writing, because review is just about writing. So you know that you are writing, you are, just see review article or literature review, generally as like you are doing, uh, you are writing a story. So once you are done with your literature review, you have to write up. Unless if you are just doing a review, general review, just to improve your knowledge, you're not doing it for maybe thesis or you want to write it for, 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 public, for publication. So you have to write that drafting, revise, reflect on it and edit. So that's just uh, generally. But then for literature review, for so, you to have a very good literature review, most of the time I tell people that your literature review has to be narrow. Don't make it complex. That like you're trying to answer a lot of problems using your uh, your literature review. Make sure that your literature re review is narrow and focused, especially when the end goal is to publish it in, in a peer review journal. Power, you can just say, okay, um, the reason why I'm conducting this literature review 
is to, uh, to, to, to document or to uh, co collect studies or to uh, that has been published on, let's say, um, HIV among uh, sex workers in Africa. So you can do that kind of literature review just to give us up-to-date knowledge in that field. So when you are doing literature review, especially if you are going to publish it, make sure it is narrow and it is uh, uh, focused. You have to make sure that it is, you focus, uh, the literature is focused on a particular problem they are trying to answer. But then, if you are writing for thesis, you know that you are writing a lot of things, you are trying to uh, broaden, uh, give clear information regarding that topic. If you are writing for, uh, let's say, thesis, PhD thesis, or uh, you are writing for uh, dissertations. So, a, a successful literature review has a firm idea of the research problem. So, you have to set up the research problem. What, is it, what am I even able to try to do with my literature review? What am I trying to do with it? Am I trying to just uh, um, to find, uh, to understand something in this field or just to advocate for something? You need to understand the reason why you're doing the literature and the problem you're trying to answer. But most times, it's very important that you actually understand what is going on in the field. So if you're going to conduct a literature review, for instance, if you're going to conduct for a peer review journal, people that write reviews are generally experts. I'm talking about review article that I went to publish in a journal. It's generally my expert because the believe expert has a good understanding of what's going on in the field. But as a young researcher or as a researcher that wants to embark on research, literature review actually help you to become grounded in that topic and for you to have clear understanding of how to go forward or how to move forward science in that line. Because, for instance, you don't understand what this topic is all about, then you want to write it up. No, that's not um, the way to go. Literature review will give you that clear information on how to uh, actually answer such question, question and actually to develop your um, uh, the research problem. You actually develop a true literature review. Because most of the times when you do literature review, you tend to, um, to see new things that have been done, then you can get ideas. But then for me, if I want to pick up an idea, maybe I want to get a topic that I want to work on, I just go through the literature and see what has been done. So when I look at literature, I will know the angle uh, I will come from to uh, actually uh, answer my own research, to perform, to uh, conceptualize my own topic and what I actually want to uh, work on. So literally, I review has a lot of roles and function. And for any good research, you have to do a very good literature review. So I'll be explaining how you are going to achieve this. And uh, so I can actually do a very good literature review that will be comprehensive enough to um, advance science and also to improve your knowledge regarding uh, a particular topic. So you are supposed to place your research in the existing academic literature. Like I said earlier, you can't say your own study, your own research that you actually want to do because any research, any form of research that you, that you want to do, what should precede or what should come first, literature review. So you're able to know, okay, has this thing been has before? Which angle can I come in from? Something like that. So you, should, you make sure that, okay, you have a good grasp of the literature so you can know where you will place your own research. If someone has carried this research among our children, you can decide to do something uh, among uh, uh, elderly. You can decide to do something among um, uh, young adults. So literature review will give you that clear understanding to know how far knowledge has gone up to date. 
in that particular field. So most of the time, for instance, if I want to, like I said earlier, if you want to get a full grasp of um, something, maybe say you want to understand uh, current efforts regarding COVID in Africa, you can just pick up a review article. That will help you a lot. Because someone has already summarized different studies. Because literature review is like summary. Like I said earlier, it's a writing story about a particular topic. Just see it that way. So when you are writing story, you're able to see how far knowledge has gone in that field, what is unknown, what are the gaps, and where it can come in uh, uh, as a researcher to actually advance science in that area. So literature is, is very important for you to be able to place your research in the existing academic literature, in the sense that you will know which angle they are going to come in from in order to push forward uh, science. So reasons for uh, conducting, reason why we conduct literature review, to clarify research problem and question. At times, may have something so interesting that you really want to do, but then the first thing that I have to do as a researcher is to pick up the literature to understand how far knowledge has gone, what is known on that, regarding that topic, and what is unknown. So that will also provide an insight on how you can actually put forward science and where you can come in from. So uncover existing studies. Yes, you see previous studies. Some that are even related to your idea. So you can be sure that someone has done something on what you're even thinking about. But then, we all keep working on new things, developing new ideas and concepts on what we want to work on. So what literature review we also do for you is that to come from, from a unique angle. Ah, someone has done this study in 2019. How can I advance science? How can I actually improve uh, knowledge in this area? Maybe that study is actually conducted in, 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 uh, in Egypt. You can decide to do this, that same study in Nigeria. That's called research replication. Research replication is good, but research duplication is not good. When you are doing a certain within the same uh, population at the same time. And you know that even if you do this study, it's not going to add anything new to the literature. Then why do you have to do it? So duplication is not good, but you can replicate. So if you do a literature review, I will see that study has been done, let's say for instance, that study has been done in, uh, in Ghana. So you can do that study in Nigeria. Of course, you are not going to copy what you are going to come in from another angle so that you can actually advance knowledge, you can actually improve, uh, uh, you can put forth science by contributing significantly, um, building on what people have, have done in that your field. So uh, to suggest research hypothesis, that's another thing that you can use literature review to do. You can use literature review to, um, to suggest research hypothesis. Like when you are doing literature review, when you read literatures, when you read journal articles, I'm still talking about how you can get all these papers, how you can search database, basis, where you can actually get papers from. So when you do literature review, you can come up with hypothesis. You can come up with different ideas. And you keep coming to given guesses. Hypothesis is just guess. I'm trying to guess, okay? What of if this is as this has happened to this and this and this and this? What can I do to actually answer this problem? So you come up with different guesses on how you can actually uh, use science. Maybe you are going to use a laboratory study. Uh, maybe you're going to use a questionnaire-based study. Whether you're going to use focus group discussion. Whether you should use any form of research methodology to answer that question. But the first step is to do a literature review so they can, they can understand how far knowledge has gone in that field and actually how you can push forward uh, and actually how you can suggest or bring up different guesses that you are going to answer primarily through your research. 
So you can use an available skills, measures, variables, and method. Yes, that's another thing you can use literature review to do. When you do a very good literature review, you should be able to find out different methodologies that have been used to answer a particular research problem. And you can come up with another innovative idea, or you can, at the time you can adapt. That is, that's why you will see some studies where they uh, mentioned, okay, we adapted our questionnaire from this so, so, so and so study. Because that means that has done the literature review and has seen that, okay, someone has done this particular study elsewhere. So why not just adapt the questionnaire, just do modification, little modification and cite the source? Or even we can even message, I uh, can email the, the uh, author to actually get the questionnaire. So doing a literature review will make you see all these things. Make you see skills, see if you see methodologies that people have used in the past to actually answer that research question that you are trying to work on. So research, uh, literature review is really, really very important. To the extent that you can publish a literature review as a standalone article in a peer review journal. But then I'll see explain how all these things um, can be achieved. So avoid duplication of Yes, that's another reason you have to do literature review. So, so most young researchers, we tend to be so excited that when you pick up an idea, you think that you are the one, you are the only one that has written about this. Or you are not written about this, you are the one. No, it is so sure that at times, you see a lot of people have done that thing. Yeah, wow. But it's only when you do literature review that you're able to find all these uh, and you're able to actually modify your research methodology or be able to build on what they have done. Or look at that loop, the loopholes in their own study and you, you fill that gap. So literature review is something really very important. Aside from using literature review to summarize literature and for you to actually um, have a good understanding regarding a particular topic, it's also very helpful for you as a researcher to be able to understand how far knowledge has gone in your field and uh, how you can come in to actually push forward science. So literature review is really very important. So uh, some tasks in literature, uh, doing literature review. Like I said earlier, select research problems. I, I uh, what I'm saying right now, I've tried to explain based on, because literature review can actually come in many ways. Like I said earlier, you can have a scoping review, you can have a systematic review, you can have narrative review, but these are all forms by which you can publish them, but they all still follow the same rule. You are, trying to, you are trying to summarize papers, you are trying to look at gaps in knowledge, you are trying to uh, understand how far knowledge has gone in that particular field. So that's why you are doing a uh, literature review. But then I understand that some people want to do literature review just for their chapter one or chapter two in their final year project. But once you, the reason why you are doing literature review in that sense is to summarize papers and to look at gaps and to see, to able to, you have to be able to link your own research. The research you're trying to do, you should be able to link it with the gaps that you find out in the, in the literature. That's what makes you work with relevant. So that you have to say, okay, this is what has been done so far. I, I'm able, and I'm able to find these, these gaps out, but this, my studies, the name of my study is able to fill this gap. So that this is what you are doing, literature review for your thesis. So literature review is just to summarize everything or important studies. Let me use that word, important studies or things that will actually push forward your own work to summarize it and put it in your chapter one. So uh, it also makes it possible for you to be able to select a research question. Like I said, it's very important because that's where you will know 
the modification that you want to make to your idea, the idea that you have, which modification are you going to make to it? Which uh, changes are you going to make? What are you going to add? Has this been done before? Are you trying to duplicate efforts? Or you want to add new things? So through, by doing this review, you'll be able to uh, uh, select good research question that is unique and that is going to make impact. So selecting your sources, that's another thing. You have to decide which uh, uh, paper are you, are you going to use, which source are you going to use for your, uh, your literature search. For me personally, as a student, I can tell you that PubMed, PubMed and, uh, and Google Scholar is enough for you to do any kind of literature uh, review. PubMed and Google Scholar, yeah, you know, because they're actually free. They are free to use. You can easily search papers on this database and be able to find different papers on what you are working on. So they are free to use. But there's something like Hilary, something like PsycInfo, something like um, Scopus, something like uh, uh, Web of Science. You need to subscribe. But if you have access from your university or from where you are working, you can use all these other databases to uh, access papers. But I can tell you that Google Scholar and PubMed, you can do interesting uh, literature review with this uh, too. Because most papers that you can find in, in other databases, Google can crawl them. So Google Scholar is even the largest database. Google Scholar is very is the largest because Google can crawl any website and it is free to use. So with Google Scholar and PubMed, you can actually conduct a fantastic literature, you can do a fantastic literature review with these two. Another thing, you can also use Web of Science, you can use uh, Hilary, you can use Psych Info, uh, you can use Scopus, I can use other, uh, you can use MBs, another database for your search. But government and Google Scholar is enough. So, how do you search in databases? How do you actually conduct that search that you want to do? What you have to know about searching in databases that you have to come up with what's called search terms. So, when you are doing literature review, you have to develop search strategy. That's like if you read review articles, you will see that they will explain in details how they actually conduct the review, how they search, what keywords they use. So when you're running your search, you don't need to type all your research problems or your search topic in the search, in the search engine. Just pick the key keywords. For instance, let's say I'm working on, um, uh, I want to understand um, something like maybe AMR in, uh, in Nigeria, antimicrobial resistance in Nigeria. So if I want to get any papers on that, I don't need to type a resistance in Nigeria. I can just start with, okay, let me start with AMR, antimicrobial resistance in Nigeria. You don't need to put in antimicrobial resistance in Nigeria. You can decide to use AMR in Nigeria. You can decide to use antibiotic resistance in Nigeria. You can decide to use drug resistance in Nigeria. So you have to be flexible. You don't need to just put all the topics in the search, in the search box and search, search. you have to be able to narrow down your search term so that you'll be able to have uh, different topics. Like what you are working on, uh, uh, antibiotic resistance in Africa, that doesn't mean that you should not use antibiotics. Some researchers, instead of there to use antibiotic uh, resistance, they can they just have to use antibiotic resistance because they are not focusing on antibiotic resistance. And that might be useful for your work. But if you keep using antibiotic resistance, Nigeria, for your, as a searcher uh, uh, in searching for papers, then you lose that on other papers. Lose on other papers. So you have to be flexible. You have to be able to understand 
That's like another thing you have to do literature review for. So that you can know different such strategies that you can use. So that you can get papers that will help your work. Or papers that will give you clear understanding of what has been done. So let's say, for instance, anti-malaria uh, uh, anti resistance. Some researchers will not use anti-malaria resistance in their topic. Some researchers to use drug resistance in uh, malaria or something, or malaria treatment, drug resistance. So you have to be flexible enough and able to change, use different words, rather than you typing everything in the search box. Just trust me, I was able to narrow down and be able to streamline your search term. So when you do research review, you'll be able to see different papers and how you can actually modify your search term. So you can have broad uh, results coming up when you run your search. So running your search, that's when you actually do all this what I'm talking about, where you actually input the necessary stuff. So you can use PubMed and you can use Google Scholar uh, to, your, your, to run your search. Um, please, can you see the screen? Let me just, um, so uh, Google Scholar. So now, uh, I want to search for something, like it is for uh, a paper. I can say use Google Scholar, just go to googlescholar.com or scholar.google.com. So if you actually want to find papers from the you don't need to type everything. Prevalence, incidence of malaria among young people in it. No, don't start like that. You have to make sure that you pick one after the other. You pick, uh, you set key terms from your work and try to look for, okay, what are the possible things that people can actually, people that have done this study can actually use to uh, uh, frame their topic. Because what um, Google Scholar research most of the time is going to uh, search the paper, the full text, the body of the paper from the head to toe, and at the same time, it's going to search uh, the topic. So you have to make sure that your search is narrow as much as possible. Let's say I want to understand paper that has been published in relation to cancer and malaria. I will just come here, maybe I'm working on something on um, cancer, uh, malaria among cancer patients, or something like that, I'm not I'm working on. So I can just start to do something like, okay, malaria, cancer, I can say malaria cancer treatment. I can go for that. So search. You notice that, okay, um, you will see from the topic, you can say malaria cancer, malaria treatments coming up because this keyword that I used, malaria cancer treatments, actually goes, um, is more re relevant to this first paper that come, comes up. So you can also see some other studies, malaria cancer, treatment of cancer, malaria, malaria to cancer treatments. Cancer, malaria, cancer, you will see different people coming up. But then, for example, if I just type everything, it might be difficult for, uh, for, for Google to actually understand what you're looking for. So try as much as possible to narrow down the search term and search strategy that you're using. So it's really, really very important that you come up with different search, search strategy that you want to use uh, in your own study. Maybe malaria cancer treatment. You want to see what has been done, let's say in Africa. You can add Africa to it. You can see something like childhood cancer in Africa. But in this article, you can see that malaria, malaria uh, actually comes up inside the article. So I can try to click on this paper and read it. Maybe it's going to add to uh, what I'm working on. So another one, you can also see uh, uh, um, different things coming up, like I actually use for your work. The example for this, look at this, the challenge of cancer control in Africa. You see cancer, you see malaria, you see cancer. Because in this article, you can see that the authors, the researchers mentioned cancer in their patients. So if you just type everything, it might be difficult for you to, uh, to see papers. 
that you want to use for your uh, for your study. So uh, I will still explain some things later that you can actually use to narrow your uh, your search. But then the narrower your you, you, you use the search uh, terms, the better for your search. For let me just also perform another. Let's say I want to understand uh, what has been done regarding COVID among children in Africa. I'll just search COVID nineteen children. Uh, now I want to look for papers that have been published regarding uh, COVID nineteen among children in Africa. So the key word there is COVID nineteen children Africa. So I don't need to put everything there because all this in art of at times can actually disorganize. Uh, uh, can make your search more uh, somewhat erratic. So COVID-19, children, Africa. I will run my search. So you see different papers coming up regarding COVID-19 and which I actually mentioned, you see COVID children in uh, South Africa, COVID-19, COVID-19, South Africa, children, COVID-19, Africa. You can see children coming up in the uh, full test of some of these articles. So I can just click on any of them and read. So... Another thing is that this may not be comprehensive enough. I can decide to change my co the COVID-19. I can just change it to another name for COVID-19. For some researcher might have used something like oh, SARS, SARS-CoV-2. Because some researcher may not want to use COVID-19. They might not use SARS-CoV-2 in their own paper. So for you to be able to do a comprehensive uh, search, you, you have to make sure that you, uh, you are flexible. With the search term that you are using, don't be so rigid with it. So run another search. You can see that some people are actually coming up, mentioning search called two children. So some researchers may not actually want to use uh um uh COVID-19. Some are there to use the previous name, which is 2019 NCOV. So you can see 2019 NCOV. Someone mentioned a child in this article. You can see 2019 NCOV. Different is coming up, but then you might not see a lot of things from this paper because when because uh, WHO has just terminated this name. But you guys you still have to run the search so that you can see uh, people that have so people have to use this at the earlier days of the pandemic. So you have to be flexible with your search so that you can actually uh, uh, be able to cover a lot of uh, uh, papers regarding what. Uh, you are working on. So, uh, so rather than about running your search, I will still go back to that, explaining some, some uh, apps that you can actually use to get uh, papers. And, and the same way with uh, PubMed. PubMed is another uh, database that you can easily search and just watch some few videos on YouTube to learn how to use it. Even Google Scholar can watch a few videos to learn how to search properly. But these are just the hack and little tips that I can actually give uh, now. So applying practical screening criteria, yes, that's another thing. Because when you are searching for papers, a lot of things will come up in your search that are not actually relevant. So if you are doing a literature review, let's say the one that you want to publish, you have to be able to set your uh, inclusion and exclusion criteria. What, what, which paper are you, are you including? Which paper are you not including in your uh, article? So it's very important to develop uh, 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 screening criteria, which is generally the inclusion and exclusion criteria. If they start, maybe see the.
Okay, you're looking for people on COVID-19 among children. If that paper is conducted among uh, young adults, you are going to exclude that kind of study. So you have to be able to narrow, that is very important for you to be able to narrow uh, uh, down um, your own search strategy and what you're trying to uh, do with your literature review. But then, for this chapter one, you can give much information as much as possible when you're writing your, uh, your review. But if you are publishing it, you, are, you should be able to tell us what that is your inclusion and your inclusion criteria for that literature review that you are conducting. So it's very important. So applying methodological screening uh, criteria. Yes, I've explained that uh, as well, that, okay, you have to come up with that criteria, the kind of things that you're going to uh, include when you're conducting your search. So the next thing, the last thing is when you are done uh, synthesizing and when you've gotten the paper that you want to use, then what you, what you do now is to synthesize. It doesn't just mean that you are getting information from different sources, from uh, Adobe Ethel, from Isaac Ethel, from Adeyemi Ethel. On that particular thing that you are looking for, you get a lot of information. So that is you are synthesizing ideas across board. So when you are doing literature review, this is very important because that's one of the reasons why you are doing literature review. So that anybody that picks up your paper, we understand how far knowledge has gone in that particular field. It's very important. So this is just all that I've explained uh, uh, before. So the last step that will come up uh, when you're doing uh, this kind of uh, search is what we call evaluation. So you still have to evaluate. It's not all studies that are good quality that you can actually use or that even really answer what you are looking for. So you have to evaluate. And from evaluation, you can see uh, um, 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 different knowledge coming up. You can say, okay, maybe Adobe Ethel argues in this particular way. Maybe this particular study argues in the opposite direction. So through this, you can understand, uh, you can be able to synthesize and evaluate available uh, uh, papers and how far information you can get to write up your, uh, your literature review. So that's just what I've explained earlier. So you have to, uh, Formulate that your research question, research uh, topic, develop and validate the review protocol. This is a step where you come up with a strategy, you think of how you want to, which database are you using? Uh, are you using PubMed, are you using Google Scholar? How are you going to get your paper? So you have to be able to come up with all these things and search the literature, screen for inclusion. This study are you including your study, which one are you not including? Because not all studies are important, you yourself will know. That's why it's important for you to develop a very good or a narrow, uh, a research topic is very important. So that will make it, your screening very easy. You now this study, the review that you are doing is among children. You will include the people on elderly. So it's very important. So you screen for inclusion, you assess quality. Some people are not so of good quality. So you assess uh, quality and you say, okay, this is very good enough for me to include in my uh, literature review or it's not good enough. So something like that. You assess quality, you extract data. Because you accept the information that you need from that literature. What do I even need from this literature? You can pen it down, or you can, uh, since things are very easy now, you can just bookmark the page, or you can download the PDF and store it somewhere. So when you are doing the literature review, you have to have maybe a folder where you can keep uh, uh, your, the papers that you have used for your review. So analyze and synthesize uh, that. Synthesize, like I explained earlier, means that you are already getting information from different sources and I am trying to write uh, them up. So at times when you are doing literature review, you can use, you have to come up with your own uh, edits. You get, it's very important you come up with edits, subtopics, 
That will make it easy for you. For instance, I want to do a literature review on prevalence, incidents, and challenges facing eradication of tuberculosis in Africa. So I know that for my literature review, I'm going to have a sub subheading for bodies. I'm going to have another subheading for prevalence, another for incidents, another for the challenges. So you have to be able to come up. That's why that's what makes you a researcher. You may be able to synthesize. You may be able to critically uh, uh, organize thought and information that you have. So as a researcher, you have to be able to come up with those editing. So that will make it easy for you when you are writing up your literature review. It's really, really very important. You know, you are doing a literature review. Okay, maybe you are going to do a divination, maybe types, examples, classification, something like that. You have to come up with those, all those things when you are doing your, uh, your literature review. So you will not be looking for papers that will fit under those editing for, uh, for the privilege. You can look for the press that will be published in the past that you want to document. And like I said, I think I, maybe I missed this earlier on. If you are doing a review article, for instance, most of the time people set a uh, time limit, especially if your target is journal. But if you are using for thesis or dissertation, do as much as possible, uh, uh, as comprehensive as possible on that topic. This is the review that you want to do. But if you are thinking of publishing a journal, you can say you've conducted a literature review between 2000, January 2000 and January 2020. That means the paper that you included in your review falls within this period. But at times you can say that there's no time limit. There's no time limit for your literature review. So you can, you can talk about that, okay? For this literature review, there's no time limit. It's possible. Maybe something for instance, maybe a study that that you have enough papers on it, so you can set, uh, you can set, you can remove any limit. But for people that you have millions of papers that have been published in that line or grab a particular topic, it's good for you to actually streamline, so you can easily bring out the problem and can easily actually um uh, uh and then gap in knowledge and be able to push forward ideas and um, science in that line. So you have to screen for inclusion, assess quality, extract data, analyze and synthesize your data. So analysis, means, analysis in this case means that you've already done, you're done with searches, you're already writing up, you're already um, not writing up yet, you already have the structure that you want to use, you're already seeing different studies uh, opposing uh, one another. So like that, that will make your writing flow. So for me now, let's say I want to do a review on, uh, uh, on global, a review of, uh, of efforts to be able to advance uh, global surgery in Africa. Something like that. Or efforts to, uh, to push forward this kind of thing, or uh, so, so and so in Nigeria. I know that now I'm looking for, what I'm trying to review. So, first thing might be, for my own head, the first thing might be, okay, introduction, in your literature review, the next thing might be, okay, what are the, uh, 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 the history? What are the, next thing can be development. And now what can be, what are the challenges facing effort to push forward these uh, uh, efforts in Africa? So you have to be, as a researcher, that's why you're a researcher, to be a critical, you're a critical thinker and you can come up with different edits on how you actually want to uh, explain what you find out through your literature review. So report rights, find, uh, uh, report right findings and the write-up. So, once you do your findings, after the analysis, you're able to see, okay, these are the information that I, I have. 
and you'll be able to actually write up. So, like I said earlier, another thing that you can use in your search, instead of using uh, something like, um, something, uh, using something like, uh, uh, you, uh, you copying all your topics, let's say you want to work on uh, understanding, um, understanding guests, uh, early marriage, or something in Africa. You want to do that kind of something. You don't need to put in, you don't need to put understanding. That's not important. What's important is early marriage, Africa. You can say childhood marriage. Some people call it childhood marriage. Some people call it adolescent marriage. So that's why your researcher, like I said earlier, you able to come up with different strategy to do uh, an interesting uh, search. So you can use what they call bully, bully operators. Bully operators include something like and or not. And or not. Some is also, uh, you can also use something like um, uh, not include, something like that. Not include. So this the major uh, 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 operators, means and or not. So let, let me perform uh, a search using this bully operator and you see the difference. Let's say I want to search for papers published on, um, I want to make my search to be more specific. So let's say I'm looking for papers on, um, uh, let me look for something now. Antimicrobial resistance, Africa. Maybe I want to do a review on antimicrobial resistance in Africa. So I can just use antimicrobial, I can just search antimicrobial resistance and Africa. There's a back coming up. And most of the time, if you look at the uh, the that you have first, you can see something that is more specific and it's giving you the right thing. So at times, when you're doing your searches, you can try to impute these bully operators, whether you get to see something different. So that's like what you can do at times. Maybe you want to just do paper. You don't need paper from North America. You don't need paper from, uh, from, from, from region outside Africa. What you are looking for is paper on antimicrobial resistance in Africa. Because as I, if you search for antimicrobial resistance and, and, um, and maybe, maybe you move and you just put antimicrobial resistance Africa, it's possible that you might have different uh, uh, results. But this using and using the bully operator can make it your start to be more specific. So for instance, now antimicrobial resistance in Africa, see people coming up. And if you follow more of this paper, you will notice that they actually talk about something in line with Africa. So it's very easy for you to come up to bring up papers and to be able to uh, use this paper in your in your study. Because now what you have here is basically papers on Africa. So that makes it more specific. So at times you can try to use all. So if you use all, it might just maybe some maybe a particular uh, something like uh, COVID nineteen. Um, okay, let me let me also do that so you can see what I'm talking about. So for instance, you can see COVID nineteen or SARS-CoV-2 or uh, what again? 2019 NCOV. For instance, you are looking for papers on COVID and global resistance and Africa. Maybe people that are published. But then you know that uh, COVID-19 can come in different forms. So you can use this uh, query. You can use this query to actually um, to uh, this strategy to look for papers that will talk about both uh, COVID-19 uh, SARS-CoV-2 and 2019 NCOV in relation to uh, uh, resistance and Africa. So let's do that. So 
you can see for the first result, you can see that we you can see paper from uh, that has to talk about antibiotic, antibiotic, antibiotic resistance, COVID-19. And in the paper, you can see that you can see something like SARS-CoV-2 is also being mentioned. So what this kind of strategy we do for you is that it's help you pinpoint where all these all this, uh, keywords actually appears in the literature. For instance, look at this, genomics-informed patho uh, pathogen surveillance in Africa, opportunities and challenges. So if you open this article, let me open it in the Lancet. You will see that Africa is in this article. SARS-CoV-2 that I added in the search term is there. COVID I added in the search term is there. So it will help you bring down all those things that you've mentioned in your search term. But then don't just put everything. Maybe you are working on genomics uh, surveillance in Africa. Don't write the uh, genomics surveillance in Africa, challenges, risks, problems. No, don't do that. Pick up the keywords and important words. Then go to Google or um, a Google Scholar. That's what you use as a researcher to do a systematic. Well, what you are doing basically is called systematic search. You're not just searching anyhow. But for Google, you can just search anything to bring up anything that you're looking for. But Google, Google can also help. Maybe you just want to do a very quick uh, search. You can just search anything and see. But this started, uh, what I've just explained now, you got using uh, bully operators and using specific um, uh, words can also be useful in Google. So another thing I, I also say about using search is that maybe you are working on something like, um, for instance, you're looking for weird global justice. As a, maybe your work, your final project or your research is, let me use um, something like global uh, X surgery. I want to see where that word has actually, uh, where you've seen this word, uh, whether this word actually appear anywhere online, global X surgery. So just go to Google. Can I use Google? Google, just start with this. I'll quote before and after. Start with the input what you're looking for, global health. Or global surgery. If you use this quote before and after, Google will actually locate the direct source, the direct place where this word I've ever applied on, I've heard online. So let's do that. You see, you can see surgery, global health. So if you open this paper, you might see something like global surgery, global health. If I remove the quote, I might see something different. Let's do that. What comes up now is different from what you have before. So if you are looking for a specific uh, I, I, I think I use this thing to um, see whether uh, a sentence is actually correct or not. So you can see whether someone has used this kind of statement uh, uh, online. So you can use that uh, cheat or act of using quotes before and after to conduct search on Google. So that's another way uh, you can actually narrow your uh, if, uh, articles that comes up when you do your search. You can also do the same thing with using Google Scholar. So remember, when you're doing a search using database, try as much as possible to narrow down the search uh, uh, strategy because that's what makes a very good literature review. Your search, how do you search? Because you, so that you may be able to omit important findings. You may be able to omit good papers that will actually uh, uh, be useful for your study. So it's very important that when you're doing literature search, you are flexible with your search term and you make sure that uh, you use the right uh, uh, keywords when you are searching through. Uh... So that's bully operators and so, um... oh, sorry.
So, uh, as I said all this earlier on, just uh, to reiterate what I've just what I've said. So, and uh, now the PKRS of literature review. So, first thing like, when you are doing literature review, you can just do uh, a light reading, just very um, uh, not so serious reading. So, you can do some background reading just to check papers. Only generally when you certain information about that paper, that's what you do when you are doing review. Not all papers are useful, but when you use a very good search term, good. Uh, result will come back to you to actually analyze that kind of paper. Then you can come up with, okay, is this paper even important? Is it going to advance knowledge on what I'm working on? Is it, is it useful for me to be able to identify gaps in knowledge? Because not all papers that come up in your search will be useful to you. So what you can do that time is just to read the abstracts. So you can decide to read the abstracts. So when you read the abstract of the paper, you can say, okay, ah, this one will truly be useful to me for my, for my work. Then you can now decide to read it then document that paper. Maybe download it and keep it somewhere that this will be used for your review. So you can do that kind of uh, brief uh, preview to understand if this paper is actually useful to you or it is not. Because not everything that comes up in your search will be relevant for your study. So another thing is question. So what do you need to find out? Like I said earlier, when you are doing literature review, have something at the back of your mind. Even if you are doing a uh, literature review for your thesis, it's very important that you have sections, you have editing. maybe. For these headings on um, on prevalence, that for that part you be looking for papers that will justify that uh, section that we see people that have been done regarding prevalence on that topic that you are working on. So it's be easy for you to do your to do your write up. So you have to be specific enough. You have to come up with headings that will be useful for you when you are writing up. I want to write a review on AMR in Africa. What are the things that is important when you are writing a review on AMR in Africa? What is one of these that is, is, is important is maybe uh, first thing is the, the, the burden, prevalence, the correct efforts, the challenges facing responses, and maybe gaps in knowledge and conclusion. So you have to come up with those edges yourself. So that will make, make it easy for you when you're doing your literature review. So you know, okay, when I'm doing the literature review for the burden subheading, I'll be able to see papers regarding burden of the, uh, the burden of AMR in Africa. Or if you're doing, if I'm at the uh, section of the current effort and, cha and challenges. Okay, for these challenges, okay, when I'm doing my search, I will search for challenges, AMR, Africa. Then I'll be able to see people that have been published. Because once, what you're doing with literature review is to summarize. And at the same time, when you summarize, you improve your knowledge, you're able to find out gaps in knowledge, and you're able to understand how you can push forward in that uh, science in that area. So, so really, be active, uh, answers to the question. So summarize, make sure that well, you, once you're writing up, people can understand what you find out. So one of the ways you can achieve this is by having edits, coming up with topics that will make your reading, uh, make it for people to flow uh, with your write-up and maybe to understand uh, what you're trying to do. So we have to ask when grouping sources. So what are the shared themes, ideas, or issues? So with the literature review, if you don't have ideas of how to structure your, the subtopics or subheadings, we will do literature review. You can be able to understand how you're going to document uh, those things. You have an insight, okay, maybe I'll talk about challenges. So you can be able to identify the missing gap because as you're doing the review, you yourself will be seeing the gaps of where people are focusing more, more effort or where what people are talking about more and what are the gaps that you find out in your uh, literature review. So what trend and development are you in? Yes, you can be able to see that through literature review. What are the developments that you see with time? What are the development that you see as time uh, uh, goes, uh, goes with your uh, search? What are the things that you can see uh, uh, regarding trends 
or development in that area of research. So you guys be able to see all this thing where you do a very good literature review. So as far as when you want to do literature review, you can also pick up some review article on that topic. So when you read the review article, you have to see uh, uh, um, what you have done and how you can actually review, re improve on such review. So what are the outbreaks have you identified? So from literature review, you can be able to come up with approaches. You can be able to come up with concepts. You can be able to come up with ideas. And that can be useful for your own work when you are doing your original research or even if you want to publish a literature review. So I'll talk about research question. So organizing the literature review, it depends on you and what you're actually using, uh, what you're using it for. So uh, common mistakes to avoid when you're doing literature review, failures to link the findings of literature review to your own study. Yes, uh, this is for, for instance, if you are doing literature review for a thesis or for a primary research that you want to embark on, you must be able to link your research that you are doing presently to the, to the literature that's been published. So you have to be able to do that so that you can see, you can, you can say confident that you are filling a particular gap. Because that's what we show, that you are filling a gap. Because through your literature review, you are able to identify the gaps, then you can fill the gap uh, uh, with your own research. So you have, to, you have to be able to create that link. It's very important. Does not start the reading process early and fails to identify the results. Yes, where you miss out important sources. You don't use good papers. You don't, you don't use papers that actually make your, that will enrich your work. So it's very important when you are doing literature review that even when you set your paper for review, let's say you are submitting a review article for a journal. So some researcher will tell you that you don't use this study and you don't use this study. They are telling you that your review is not comprehensive enough. So you have to make sure that you have done an exhaustive, you have done a very good study and a comprehensive, you've exhausted all literatures and you've selected the ones that is relevant to your study based on your inclusion and exclusion criteria. Uh, does not revert to primary uh, sources. <laughs> yeah, but there's something called uh, uh, a review of review article. I think you know, see something like a systematic review of systematic review. Yes, you can do something like that actually, but it's the lazy work. Because what you are trying to do, you are trying to review a systematic review. But then people see aesthetics because once in science, once they're able to communicate the relevance of your work, the importance of your work, then it is very crucial, it's crucial that are you able to defend it? Reviewers actually support your assessment for publication. So once you're able to defend the reason you are doing it. So uh, doing uh, using just uh, a review article in your, article, uh, in, your in, in your review is not too good. You have to improve primary sources. Primary sources is like original research, research that they carry out to fill knowledge uh, gap in your field. So try to use more of those papers. And, uh, and limit the use of review. So you can use review, depending on the reason why you are doing your research. So you can use a review article. That, I'm not saying you should not use a review article. You can use a review article in your, but then also use primary research when you are writing up your own review article. Access of credibility and accepting findings as valid without questioning other aspects uh, of research design. When you are doing literature review, you are not doing literature review just to summarize uh, findings. You, as a researcher, you also have to contribute. You have to lend your voice. You're not doing literature review just to write story. Though it's a form of story, but then you also have to critique some things. You have to be able to uh, lend your voice. You have to be able to say maybe you support, or maybe you can justify why this finding is in this way. So it's very important as a researcher that you don't just conduct a literature review for conduct's sake. You're also able to lend your voice. You're able to challenge, and you're able to uh, critique 
uh, papers so that you can actually uh, contribute to uh, knowledge. I'm talking, saying, for instance, if you are submitting your paper for your review article for publication, but even if, if we are doing thesis, if I write it for thesis, you still have to be able to critique something and where you as a researcher, uh, where you are coming in from. So references, you can't write a review article and you say that you don't have a reference. <laughs> what kind of review article is that? That's not a review article. Even for review article, you can see 100 references. You can see as much as 50 references for, for a review article. Because what you are doing is to summarize findings, to tell us what is known and what is unknown uh, regarding uh, a particular field. So when you do a review article, review article is very highly cited. Because many researchers want to actually go to review article so that they can uh, understand what has been done. So review article tends to have higher citation than original research. But that's not a fact anyway. For most review articles, we see that within two years or uh, three years, we see that they have a lot of citation. People have used them. Because review article is like a story. If you want to understand what is the current state of healthcare system in Botswana, I will go for the review article. So that it's visible, the review article is a summary. There's a lot of information, a lot of research. So if, we, if you are doing your search, let's say you are doing your research using bully operators, you can also use, uh, you can include review in your search. Let's say you are looking for a review article on that topic. So you can do, include that, maybe, I think I go by the start, COVID review. So you are going to see a lot of topics coming up. In your site uh, in the search results that will be useful for your for your work. So uh, a good uh, uh, a good uh, uh, literature review must have comprehensive and quality uh, references. So now I will show you an example of one of our literature reviews that is recently published. But this one is for a journal and not for a thesis. For instance, look at this paper. Uh, can you see the screen now? Yes, we can. So, uh, risk communication and community and given strategies for COVID-19 in 13 African countries. So for this paper, what we want to do is that uh, the motivation behind this paper is to summarize findings on COVID-19 risk communication and community engagement in certain African countries. That's, uh, I want to understand how uh, countries are actually responding to COVID-19 in terms of police communication. How are they communicating with the public? How are, how are they engaging the public? Is it to social media? What strategy are they using? So I felt this will let us know how countries are actually engaging uh, 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 the public. And actually how they are communicating science, updates, and things regarding the pandemic to the public. So that's what we do with this uh, 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 literature review. So, this is the abstract. So, if you, if you notice uh, the, 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 from the background, you see something like um, the background for the abstract, you see something like uh, this study aimed to catalog the risk communication and community agreement strategy, as well as the challenges facing risk communication and uh, RCC in certain African countries. Anybody that I tell this, we understand that what I'm doing is that I want to understand the strategy that is used for risk communication and community engagement in certain African countries, as well as the, the challenges. So that's what I'm saying. If you are doing literature review, make sure that you are able to point out, uh, 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 you, are make, you make your uh, paper to be 
to be so specific, to be very narrow. Let me use that word, to be narrow. So it will be easy for you to conduct yourself. So in this research article, I must answer two research uh, questions. One is to develop, uh, to understand the strategies in African country. And another thing is to know uh, 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 the challenges facing RCC in, in the African country. So this is just the abstract. This is the uh, introduction, the full introduction for the paper. Um, this is the method. So for the method, what we do, did have in this paper is we conducted a narrative review. So to document the challenges and to document the strategies used in African country. Some people ask you, why are you including? Some people ask you, why are you including certain uh, uh, um, African countries? Because at the early days of the pandemic, the WHO released um, like an information based on the number. So WHO performed the classification of high-risk countries for COVID-19 in Africa at the early days of the pandemic. So I leveraged on that to pick the African country that I used for my study. So when you are writing a review article, you have to make sure that you are able to see, we explain how we conduct the search. The following make key site that were used. So I explained the site that I used, community engagement, outbreak communication, risk communication, social mobilization, health education, health promotion, crisis uh, communication, and uh, the other for the pandemics and each of the African countries. That's what I use for my search. So you have to be able to explain how you conduct your search and the, what are the inclusion and the exclusion criteria. So you see that we mentioned the inclusion criteria here. The inclusion criteria for this was basically data sources that provide information regarding COVID-19 RCC responses and strategies in the African country. So you have the method and you can see for our findings, you can see I have edits to actually explain the findings based on countries, based on countries. So anybody that is reading this, you're able to follow up easily with what uh, we have done. This is for challenges. I'm not missing out the part for challenge. This is part for challenge. So these are the challenges that we find that the distrust of government, widespread uh, rumors and misinformation, weak healthcare system, exclusion of so, so all these things is the literature that I used. You know that I conducted any interview or any discussion with anybody. I used the literature using a comprehensive search. So all this distrust in government um, is the researcher that actually had to come up with those edits. That's one of your work as a researcher. So that it's easy for anybody that picks this paper up to basically understand what are the challenges facing Africa in communicating, in risk communication, and uh, community uh, engagement. So if you can, you see the reference list. Uh, reference list. You can see we have up to about, I think we have about 95 uh, uh, references. So that is the literature. So anybody that picks this paper up, you're able to understand the challenges facing RCC, and at the same time, what are the strategies used by African country to communicate the risk regarding COVID-19 and to engage uh, uh, the, uh, the community? Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much, um, ADBC. Really doing great justice to the topic. Thank you. I personally, I've learned a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah, so now take questions. You can indicate by raising up your hand if you have any questions for, from IDBC. Yeah, thank you very much, um, IDBC. That was very um, enlightening. So we await questions. From what we've learned today, okay, I think someone has their hand up. Yes. Okay, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, um, 
Thank you, Mr. Yusuf ADBC for the great work. I really learned a lot. So um well I'm new to research, so I would love to ask um a literature review, is it always like part of a of a research paper or is it usually released as a separate one? Is it like part of the headlines of a research paper or is always released as a separate work? Okay. Uh, thank you for that question. So for a uh, literature review, even if they are not, um, for literature review, this can be a stand-alone article, maybe for it to publish it solely uh, in a peer-reviewed journal. They can publish a review article. Like the one I showed you now, it's published in a peer-reviewed journal solely. And at the same time, it can be a part of thesis or a dissertation for your graduation in a university or any academic setting. So that's another thing. And but for most research articles, let me show you um, a research paper so, uh, so that I can see. So if you look at this article, this second article, the literature review part of this paper is really found at the introduction of the background section. The introduction of the background. So for this introduction, that's where we are able to come about what, what are the things that we said regarding this topic. The social factors of stigma and religion living with HIV in Kano State, Nigeria. So our introduction talks about previous studies and things that have been said regarding this topic and how we want to push it forward. So this is the introduction part. So at the end of this introduction part, this is the care, retention and care. We talk about this paper now. We are not talking about what we want to do because I need to identify the gaps. That most of these studies on uh, the law, stigma, and social factors, uh, among people living with, um, among adults living with HIV, usually common, you don't have this kind of study among uh, uh, adolescents. Most of you have this study among um, elderly, trying to see how it affects the access to healthcare. So we are able to point that out with our literature review. So in the research article, you put that uh, part of your uh, of a literature review as the introductory section. That's when you talk about what is known, what is unknown, and what you are trying to do. So if you check any research paper, we are check the background or the development section. You are going to be able to pinpoint where the researcher is coming from and what is known regarding that topic. But in this case, you are very short, maybe in one page or maybe in like three or four paragraphs. You are able to mention that. But then, for a research article, introduction card is where you uh, uh, actually perform some um, uh, relevant studies, doctors of relevant studies, and literature that you can actually use to buttress the reason why you are doing the study and the knowledge gap that you are trying to fill. So, for what I just said now, you can publish a literature review as a standalone article, like the one I showed earlier. You can also publish it as part of thesis. But for a research article, you find it as introduction at uh, the background section of the article. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Aka happiness, you are on. All right, thank you. So it's about the referencing system. So one occasionally we may have to depend on some uh, YouTube videos, maybe webinars, and um, scientific presentations to actually get some facts of certain presentation. In citing our references, can we actually use? the YouTube links, and if we can, in what way can we go about that? And that would be the question for now. 
Thank you. Okay, um, thank you for that question. After that, can you uh, reference YouTube links? When for academic papers, uh, most of the times, you don't want to use uh, something like that. Because one of the reasons is that it is not peer review. It's just something that's supposed to be online. But what makes something the scientific is the peer review part of our paper. Because an expert has gone through the paper and can say, okay, this paper is good. This paper is good to hard to knowledge. And the answer has actually critiques your paper. But for YouTube videos, it's not similar to like something like Wikipedia. So just write up and can change at any time. So YouTube videos can actually to delete that in the future. But then there are some cases, some instances that you can use YouTube videos to support arguments. Especially when that kind of information is come from public authority. And you look for all means, or you look for the sources where you can actually cite, but you can't find any at all to cite an original perspective that you can use that kind of uh, 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 link, you can use YouTube link to, uh, to cite. I've seen some people like that where they use uh, YouTube link to support argument. But when you take that kind of YouTube link, uh, uh, YouTube video, you see that it is something that uh, is actually specific to the argument. And you can't find it this way. That's the thing, okay, let's use, use the YouTube link for, to support this argument. Especially when the video calls from a legitimate and, uh, uh, and a reputable body, then you can use it as a reference. Is that clear? Or am I missing something? Yes, I think it's clear. Um, actually, it okay. came up when I was trying to, it was a presentation. Actually, it was about um, intestinal failure in a pediatric uh, surgical patients. And okay. it, it's, it's actually a topic where you have um, a variability of outcomes. And okay. this, there was this presentation that was held by, I would say one of the very recognized gastroenterologists in the world. And she made a very beautiful presentation. It was about an hour long. So it was about um, more like um, practices and outcomes in various hospitals in the US and what they have come to have as a working protocol. So I actually tried searching over some other things, but from all what I got, nothing actually beats the presentation. So what I did eventually was I put it as like number five, other um, references came before it, but I just thought I should put the link because I thought it was quite useful. In fact, it was more useful than any of the other um, sources I got, but the drawback was it was um, a presentation, a video presentation, you know, and that was what uh, prompted the question I asked. Uh, okay. Well, so this time you can use it in the scientific parts, but then we're going to just try it in case the... Uh, the peer review have mentioned something about you. are able to defend yourself and the reason why you are using it. Once you are able to develop yourself, uh, to develop yourself, then there's no, uh, there's nothing that can be done. So you already mean that. <laughs> so that Thank is you. Thank you. No, no, that will be all for now. Okay. Good evening. Please, Good evening. I want to know if there are specific methods for exclusion and inclusion criteria? Okay, uh, thank you for that question. There's really no specific uh, um, 
formula or any way that you have to, it depends on you and what kind of search that you want to do. Because you know that when you are doing some uh, searches online, you see a lot of you see a lot of information. So you have to be able to develop your own experience like that. Okay, oh, if this paper is talking about pregnancy, but it's not talking about it's talking about pregnancy and COVID, but it's not talking about children, then you are going to exclude it. So you are the one that will be able to you are, you are the one that will determine which kind of paper you are including and which kind of paper you are not including. So you have to develop that based on your methodology and what you want to do. For instance, um, let's say you want to conduct a review or something like uh, risk communication and community engagement strategy, like when I showed you earlier. Uh, what you have to do is that you have to come up with, okay, there are many ways that you can respond to a public emergency. One of the uh, ways is uh, through RCC. So we have other ways like surveillance system, we have other ways like laboratory testing capacity, we have uh, other ways like uh, clinical case management. But then what you are focusing on is just the RCC. That you have, so you have to be able to spread it out. Our business data is papers that, uh, uh, that, that explain or contribute data to risk communication and community engagement strategy in Africa. So you have to be able to explain it clearly. And any other paper that focuses on other area of response, you are going to exclude it because they're not going to contribute anything to our work. So you are going to remove it from, uh, from your inclusion criteria. So that's how you develop your uh, exclusion criteria. So at times, some people will say, we don't include commentaries, letters to the editors. We don't include uh, short communication. That's what they want to do. They are just including your primary original uh, studies that were published on anything they are working on. So yeah, I know that we develop it so that you can be able to do, uh, answer that research question, the, the hypothesis that you already have on that topic. So you develop it yourself. So you don't have any specific pattern to say that. But anything that will make your work more specific is what you add as your exclusion criteria. And anything that will make your work, that will not give any relevance to your work, will be part of your exclusion criteria. Is that clear? Yes, it is. Thank you very much. Okay. Welcome. Hi, thank you very much, that So, um... If you still have questions, your questions are welcome. So um, while we await more questions, I was just um, wondering, when it comes to picking a topic that will be of much impact to the community, what's the best way to do it? Should we just maybe go online and start searching for different topics and the knowledge gap in this topic? then you see one with a significant knowledge gap and jump in? Or should we um, pick a specific topic of interest and then search for the knowledge gap in that particular topic, which will be actually, more either impactful? Way. Either way, you can actually use the two methods to find out that. But then, at times, you know, we are curious, you can, you can just notice, okay, maybe, ah, what have you been done about, about uh, COVID among pregnant women? Or what's that the problem regarding menstrual health and COVID? Mm -hmm. So you have your own idea that you come up with. So you can decide to just uh, go online and see what has been done regarding that topic. Then you can try to fill in that gap. But at times, you may not be reading through. But even when you are doing that literature review yourself, 
That's where you are going to see motivation. That's where you are going to see some interesting topic that will motivate you and want to answer that kind of question. Even why do the literature review? So, the best way is like you have your own idea. You can come up with different ideas that you have regarding anything you want to work on. Just go online, do your literature review. What are the things that you find on that topic? Then, what are the things that the double and the things that have not been done that you can actually try to fill that gap? Or, normally, maybe for a researcher, really literature should be a normal thing. So, they just decide to go and, okay, what is presented regarding HIV and COVID? So, when you try, when you are, when you are reading papers, people that they publish on that topic, they can start saying things. They can come up with ideas, you can come up with such ideas from your own literature review. But at times, you can just have ideas on your own. Maybe while sitting down, while working on, on the street, you can just come up with different ideas that will be, use, that will be useful to the community. They can do literature review to see whether the work in the paper will be impactful or what or which angle you are coming from to contribute. All right, that makes sense. All right, so and we, we are still awaiting more questions. We still have some time to spare. So, um, if you like to ask a question, you can raise your hand up or drop it in the chat box. Most of these um, works we go to site, they start with the abstract. So um, the abstracts of a study, is it sufficient yes. information to know if this work is going to be good enough? As in, if it's um, like the quality okay. of the work, can we judge the quality of a work or the amount of information we are likely to get in relation to what we are seeking just by reading the abstract? I would say yes. Because one of the rules of writing an abstract is that while writing an abstract, it must, uh, your abstract must be able to stand alone. So anybody that reads the abstract may be able to understand, maybe not in length, but can understand what you have done. And that's what you need when you are doing literature review. So when we say we are reading really, really literature, most people think that when you search, they just start reading everything. What you do is just to skim through the, to check through uh, uh, the abstract and say, okay, once you read the abstract of the paper, you will know, you yourself will know that this paper will be useful for me or not. Because one of the rules of writing an abstract is that your abstract must be able to stand alone. Though it may not be able to give you full information of what has been done, but mm -hmm. you must be able to understand what the researcher has done. Then you easily can be able to pick up, okay, ah, okay, this paper will be very useful for me. Let me read the full paper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. yeah. yeah, I get that. So um, we have a question from Khadija Liman Hamza. She said, um, is there a specific protocol or methods to follow for literature review, especially when the end goal is to publish? So when the end goal is to publish, is that you're already, you have to review on any copy. The first thing is to identify the research uh, question. Like, what is the research that you are trying to, to write a summary? Because what you are doing a review is like writing a summary, an overview of what has been done, what has been published in that particular field. So what you are doing, the first thing you have to do is to uh, get a specific, uh, uh, come up with a specific topic that you want to do a review on. This topic, I don't need to wonder whether anyone has done this before, but I know this will be impactful. So you have to come up with a particular topic that you are working on, and the reason why you think that this review will be important, because if it's not important, most journals will not consider it for publication, because why are you doing a review on something that we don't have anything to knowledge? But then when you are doing a review, come up with a good topic. 
find out where you have that topic that you want to work on, then proceed to planning. So how do I even want to write this? Which database am I going to use? Am I just going to use uh, PubMed and Google Scholar to search my paper? How am I going to search? What is the methodology that I want to use? Then you have to be able to explain that vividly. Then when you are doing your literature review, then you are able to come up with themes. What are the topics? What are the top topics that you can use? So that anybody that picks up your review will be able to understand what you have done. Remember, so a uh, literature review or review article is like story. Because if you read this article, for instance, it's just like a story of what has been published or the data sources that we have on the risk communication and community engagement strategy for COVID in uh, certain African countries. So it's like story. And that story must be systematic. That's why it's a research. That is a research article. It's not, it's not something that you just write anyhow. So you must be able to tell us how you do your search. If, if, if the end goal is to publish, you must be able to tell us what is the method that you use in your study. So method is important when you are writing a review article. You must be able to justify uh, the, the how you search and uh, your inclusion and exclusion criteria and what are the, the soft things that you, you, you use. For instance, now for this work, we have an editing that talks about the strategies and an editing that talks about the challenges because that's the primary focus of, uh, of, of the paper. So planning uh, uh, and having a, a, rigor, a, a rigorous uh, methodology is very important when you're writing a review uh, article. So you have to be able to write a very good uh, method that will justify what you are, and you're able to uh, be able to synthesize and able to actually categorize uh, 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 your findings so that anybody that picks it up be able to understand what uh, you are doing. So for instance, all these headings uh, regarding um, challenges facing uh, risk communication in Africa, distrust in government, weak healthcare system, all these things, they are not they are like that in the literature. It's the rare researcher that has to come up with edits that we're able to explain what you see in the scientific literature. So anybody that picks it up, we're able to understand challenges facing RCC and, it, uh, and, uh, uh, and the strategies. I hope you are able to uh, get one of the things that I just said. All right, thank you very much, everyone. My special thanks to from ADBC Yusuf for getting out time to be here and for doing great justice to the topic. We've really benefited so much my weight of knowledge this evening. Thank you so much. We hope you will oblige us when next we call on you for this kind of presentation. Thank you very much from my DPC Yusuf. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, thank you. You're welcome.